Very late night edition of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here after a very long night of football, but ultimately a pretty successful one. As the Raw picked up their first win of the A-League's Project Restart, and we saw a very entertaining NPL Queensland game out at Richland, where Lions and Gold Coast Knights drew nil all. We're here to take you through all the action that's just taken place. First of all, Scott, we'll start with you. How are you going? I'm good, James. How are you? Pretty good. Still recovering after last night, so if my voice goes uh don't be surprised if you two have to carry the show adam wouldn't be the first time <laughs> <laughs> yes but there's... Yeah, boys how are you 15 seconds in before you got the first shot in i love it <laughs> yeah well we, we get along i swear oh that, that, that was teed up perfectly absolutely yes of course if uh you might not have been too familiar i was calling the brisbane city gold coast united game down at a very cold talabudra uh last night that was one of the uh coldest grounds in the entire football Queensland competitions, but just probably in that second tier, not quite at the level of Redlands or as Scott found out firsthand, Toowoomba. Yeah, I'm not too keen to go back to that place anytime soon, particularly in winter. Just bring Go, a go place to watch football, it's just freezing up there. Bring a jumper, it's not that hard, right Adam? Oh, exactly, like I said, it's, uh, it's, th- it's thermal weather, especially this time of year, but still. Yes, it's a beautiful spot to go to anyway. Mm. So uh, before we get into a quick rundown of what we're going to do, normally we would do a few different segments on the podcast, but we are recording via Skype. It's late and quite honestly, I'm about ready to crash. So we're just going to run through all the news and results from the Raw's A-League campaign, plus the NPL, NPL Women's and FQPL over the past week as we had a very damp restart to the local competitions. But the good news is most of these games were actually able to get back underway. Uh, Start off with some plugs as well. We should... um, say a big thanks to Football Nation Radio for also playing us. It's a pleasure to be involved with them. They had a big win during the week as well. And uh, also, yeah, if you want to get in contact with the show, brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. That's an email for comments, questions, uh, feedback, discussion topics, whatever, really. And uh, Facebook, The Raw Review, and Twitter, at BNEFootball. You can find all of our live coverage of the matches, plus uh, whatever news we happen to stumble across in our internet travels and i think that's about everything there adam so should we get into it i think we should okay so the raw tonight they uh visited melbourne victory at bankwest stadium in sydney's western suburbs and well look it was an up and down performance for the raw but it was a pretty i'd say satisfactory outcome in the end as they managed to come away with all three points with a 2-1 win thanks to goals from who else scott mcdonald and then Matt Rydenton opened his account, becoming the Scott 92nd Brisbane Raw goal scorer in the A-League. 93rd if you count own goals, but no one counts own goals. Yeah. So we'll 92nd just... actual real player. But yeah, look, first things first, It's I think the Raw should have played Melbourne victory away from home in Sydney every time, because that seemed to work really well, didn't it? <laughs> the Raw's <laughs> record at Amy Park is not the best, so getting a, getting three points away to victory is always a good result. And I thought the Raw played really well in the second half. I think the first half, victory probably shaded it, but the second half, the Raw did really well. And it should also be mentioned as well, that did end a four-game losing streak for the Raw against Melbourne victory, so it was fantastic to see you know, them putting themselves together there after 
I've got to be honest, I wasn't feeling that great at half time. It was a fairly flat opening again. And I think this is a side that obviously has gone through quite a lot of change and is still once again finding their way to find their feet. Yeah, look, I think it's a case of the result first and uh, the performance, I guess, sort of suffered a little bit. Um, yeah, look, the, the first half was really nothing to write home about, except for probably the last five minutes of the Raw started taking the initiative, uh, had, had a few had a few chances. I know Brad Emmanuel had a golden chance he just fired wide in the first half, but the second half was a much better performance. And look, you'd be happy with the three points. And I think most importantly, congratulations to Warren Moon for uh, his first uh, winner's A-League coach. Yes, definitely. He's won a few games as a player. Now he's got the uh, coach victory on the resume as well. Yeah, he does. Look, it's a really good win for all right to get that result because look, it's there's two games left in the hub down there now in the regular season, plus hopefully three finals. And to get the first win under the belt, it really will build the confidence. I think Warren Moon alluded to that in the post-game chat with with Tara and Robbie on Fox, Fox Sports. And it is really important to get that first win under your belt. The confidence is going to grow from that and the next two games are going to be really important to see exactly how far they can go. But again, I thought they played really well in the second half of the Raw. I thought they controlled the game a lot more. They pushed further forward. They got more control of the game and they had a couple of bits of quality to to get the goals to score, goals to win the game. And that was really important. And again, I thought they played really well in the, particularly the first 35 minutes of the half. The last 10, victory pushed on a bit and got a, got a penalty, which was well-deserved. But I thought the Raw were good value in the second half. The first half, I thought... There just seemed to be a lack of urgency. It was really flat. I don't understand why it was so flat. I know there was 10 game, ten days between games, but it was really flat, wasn't it? I think the way I uh, you know, put those uh, slow starts down to it is, I think this is a side that maybe went in thinking they've got a bit of a margin for error, so they haven't quite got that desperation of needing to win every game. I think, as it stands there, probably... You know, I would like to still finish in second place, but they're well aware that if not, it's not the end of the world, especially with the way the conclusion of this season is going to go. Yeah, I think also as well, it might be a bit of, um, let me use the word complacency, but I think they didn't sort of take Melbourne victory as seriously as they probably should have. It's, it's not, look, let's face it, it's not the, you know, the golden Melbourne victory sides of the past. There are a lot of young players, obviously an interim coach in Grant Brevner. And look, I think they may have just been a bit haphazard, take it a bit easily. And um, after, I think after a while, I think the penny dropped, but you know what, the Melbourne victory weren't going to sort of, you know, just lie down, which is, I think, a credit to them. But uh, at the end of the day, yeah, that first time, I think, yeah, it's one of those performances where you say, you know, as I said before, the, you'd be happy with the result, but I think the performance may have been lacking, especially probably the first 40 minutes. And not to mention that I still think the balance of probably that front four or five players, you know, the attackers and whatnot, I think that's something that was only really just starting to click before things shut down. And obviously you have such a long layoff, you are going to lose a little bit of that chemistry. And I think now they're trying to come back and find the way that they're supposed to connect once again. Obviously, you know, Dylan Wenzel Hall's coming in and getting paired with Scott McDonald, who had been playing with uh, Mirza Muradovic, who I will continue to say is probably a better strike partner for uh, McDonald than Wenzel Hall's. But for me, like it seems like they're still trying to get on the same page. Obviously losing um, Aidan O'Neill as well, he, he does leave a big hole in that midfield. But we should mention as well, Danny Kim first start for the Raw tonight. And uh, after his cameo on the Gold Coast, Scott, I thought he was largely superb. Well, before I get to Danny Kim, I think you're right about the strike partnership with McDonald and Wenzel Halls. It's, a, it's in terms of continuity. It's a new combination. We haven't really seen that combination too often 
when obviously Scott McDonald arrived, it was very often initially Brad Inman and then Merz Muradovic came into the starting lineup, and those two got those were two combinations that Scott McDonald had played with since his time here, and he would have, probably hadn't played too many minutes with Dylan Wenzel Halls in competitive games, so that's a new combination to start with. But back to Danny Kim, I thought he was really good. He was again, you start to see his quality in terms of his ability. Composure on the ball, controlling a game, I thought he was really, really impressive from the start. And we talked about it on the show last week about how if he was going to start games going forward in the finals, potentially it had to start against Melbourne Victory to see if he was up to it, to get him accustomed to starting at the A-League level. And I thought he was really, really impressive for 80 minutes when he was on the field. Yeah, look, I think um, another 73 minutes worth of um, sort of uh, watching suggests that, yeah, this whole... I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sold on the um, on the Dylan Wenzel Halls, uh, Scott McDonald, and Brad Inman sort of as as attacking unit. I'm just there. Yeah, I just think, yeah, it just is not working at the moment. I think they look fairly you know um, impotent in attack to a point. Um, but with that said, look on the other hand, look Danny Kim. Look if for someone who's play who's I has first start you know, in the A League and and sort of had a cameo last week. You wouldn't think that he he is a two a two cap player. He, he just looks so comfortable in in that role. And look, I, I think it, it's it's going to be you know almost a pickup you know signing his well. I think you know, and I think we'll talk about it during the chat our chat that you know, I, I think the odds of him ending up back at line I think are almost you know slim and none. I think not the way he's performed. Mm. Yeah, definitely, and also. I think that probably is a little bit of a, qu- a credit to Warren Moon as well, who obviously knows Danny Kim so well from their time at Lions. I think as well that's just that that just says you know he's gone he's brought Danny Kim in and said okay I know you can do A B C that's all, like that's what I'm going to ask you to do in this side and that's it. Yeah, absolutely, James. And the easy thing to do as a, a rookie A League head coach that Warren is would be to go with. The experienced players to give Matt Rydenton another start, give Danny Kim another 20, 25 minutes off the bench. It's a lot more brave to give a young player, also making his debut at that level, basically a start in that in a game like that. So, full credit to Warren for giving him the opportunity in the squad, giving him a start. And so far, Danny Kim is absolutely repaying that faith with some really good performances. And I think he might keep that spot now. To be honest with you, I thought he was really, really impressive. Not that Matt Rydenton wasn't good when he came on, because he was also very good in that impact role. He scored a really nice goal, provided a lot of energy, but I thought Danny Kim was really, really good in that role for 75 minutes tonight. Yeah, no, he actually yeah, took my, my point away, Scott, that I thought, you know, Matt Rydenton, obviously, coming off the bench and scoring, I think that obviously was a tonic for him. So, no, well, well done to him. And I think, yeah, look, Rydenton and Kim both, um, there were sort of questions about what would, what, what do you do, you know, when you know Jacob Pepper left? What do you do when you know when Aidan Neal sort of left as well? What a hole it's left! But look, to be honest, I think um, from what we've seen so far, two games since the pause, I think you know, Roy Denton and Kim are, are very adequate signings in that midfield role. I, I will admit that I was quite skeptical on the addition of Roy Denton, but especially after that goal tonight, I think he's actually going to be. A, a solid option in midfield. Like hmm. no one's asking him to be, you know, Batman here. And, but quite honestly, all they really need is a guy to come in and be another Robin. And I think that's a role that Rydenton can come in and fill over these next two, three, four, five games or whatever it is. And you know, it, it's a good starting point as well. That where essentially you've got two attacking midfielders in uh, in Man and uh, O'Shea. O'Shea, O'Shea. Thank you. It's late, all right. It is late, you're right. <laughs> and um, 
also you've got then two holding midfielders in Kim and right engine. So you can sort of chop and change that because that is one other point that I did want to get onto as well is something we were discussing before we started recording. We'll get to you in a second, Scott. Uh, is how are they still finding that balance between who's the best attacking uh, midfield option? Who's the best for that? I want to call it, you know, Makai Madoka role, who's just the energizer bunny buzzing around the pitch, and then who's going to be the holding midfielder? Yeah, I think they're going to work it out as they go. And I think, look, it's a squad game, particularly in this hub situation, so many games in a short period of time. It's about the squad. You're not going to get through a, a full season from now with 11 players plus the same three coming off the bench. That's not going to be possible, particularly now the rule, I think they have mathematically skewed a final spot. So when they get to the finals, that's three games in a week. So you're not going to get through those three games, potentially 120 minutes in each, with the same 11 players plus a couple off the bench. You're going to have to have a squad, and that's where having a Matt Rydenton to come in off the bench, James, and keep the energy up and keep the game from being stretched, because there were times where the game was stretched, but I think it would have been a lot worse if the Raw couldn't bring in a midfield player to help tighten that up, because I think I think having those options is what you need. And look, it's, a, it's going to be a squad game more than ever. So I think those combinations you're referring to, James, it could almost be... Who's the most ready for a particular game? Who's the best combination to suit a particular opponent as opposed to finding the absolute best 11 that you have and just sticking with it? Because I don't think you're going to be able to do that. Yeah, look, I think it's the same. We'll say it last week about how much the game has changed because of the five substitute rule now. And I think you're, I think Scott's absolutely right. I think it's... Uh, yeah, it does come down to you know how deep is your squad because you can sort of have you know different um, situations call for different players. I think um, obviously the the level the level of expectations gonna get higher because obviously yeah you know, in the run home you now have Wellington and Sydney FC. Uh, obviously uh, the the latter obviously is already you know, secured the premiership, so you don't know whether they're just gonna be ticking over the miles until they get to finals or whether they're gonna go hard out you know on on the tenth of August against the Raw. But certainly the next game. Um, um, next Wednesday night against um, Wellington, that will be a good asset to see where this squad is at. And as far as you know, are they are they you know the real deal? Are they really contenders and coming the final series, or where they're just going to be making up the numbers? Uh, next Wednesday night, so I'm assuming that means we're going to be doing this again in about 168 hours. Sure. Yes. Why not? <laughs> sure. All right. Yeah. So I was just doing some quick maths in my head, which is always dangerous. At on a good day. Um, so, yeah, the Raw now, 38 points from 24 matches. They've got two to play. Uh, Glory have 22 matches, 34 points. I think by my count, you're right. They have secured uh, a finals position because I'm assuming that Glory, Adelaide, Western United, the Jets, and even the Wanderers will play each other, which means that not all of them can overtake the Raw, who currently sit in fourth place. Now, coming up uh, on Friday and Saturday night, and I just want to quickly touch on you know some of these outside matches non-raw related so the uh, Wanderers are playing Wellington if the Raw still want to get second spot it's very much in touching distance if they get the uh, right results on Friday and Saturday so if the Wanderers manage to take something off Wellington that then means that the Raw can catch them when they play each other and Melbourne City are playing Sydney FC now I'm tipping Melbourne City to beat Sydney FC because in this situation, you back the most desperate team, and in this case, that is Melbourne City. But I do feel like second spot is still well and truly in reach for the Raw here. It is, and look, Melbourne City always have the always have the possibility of Melbourne Citying things up. They love to get into positions where they can <laughs> where they can reach what they want to reach and then fall away. That seems to be the history of Melbourne City in terms of A League finishing positions on the ladder. So I 
I fully get your point about you always back the more desperate team, and I think they will beat, or they'll get something off Sydney FC anyway. I also think Western Sydney will get something off Wellington, because again, talk about desperation, Western Sydney, they want to be in the finals. They've missed the, the last couple of final series. They've basically got home games now till the end of the season at Bankwest Stadium. I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of crowd there backing them in. I think they'll get something. So I agree with you. It's it's, it's almost in the raw sense. If they can go up, at, go to Wellington and get something, and do go play Sydney on the final day and get something, they could very well end up, if not second, third. And look, third would be almost a good spot to finish as well because it gives you the sixth place team in the finals, and it means you would avoid Sydney FC in the semi final. Now I don't think you should worry about that. But it probably makes it a little bit easier if, say, Melbourne City finished second and Brisbane finished third. That would be an easier, long way down the line here, an easier semi-final, if you like, compared to Sydney. So I think there's a possibility for the Raw to finish second, James. But you're right, everything's got to go right, and they've got to get their points in their last two games. So it's a lot to play for in these last two games. Adam, what do you think? Actually, um, it's interesting. I think that the um, the West of Sydney versus Wellington game, which is on uh, Friday night, I think that'll be the last game as well where fans will be let into the games. I think from what we're hearing, and this is obviously an evolving situation with the um, with the pandemic at the moment. It's the worsening situation there. Uh, I definitely know that. I think all the Raw's games left. I think are all off limits as far as public goes. But I think um, yeah, this this is the last game on Friday night where there'll actually be a crowd let in. So, um, yeah, I think for West, for Western Sydney, I think they're, they're going to want to uh, get as much as they can against Wellington. I think that might be the defining game um, in, in the sort of run into the finals. If not, the, the last, there's a couple of games near the end which could uh, decide the lower part of the, um, of the finals makeup. But certainly, you know, Wellington, if they can win on uh, Friday night, I think they're, they're you know, top two, top three, depending on what Melbourne City want to do. Yeah, if Wellington do win on Friday night, I think that definitely does put them in the top two. That's why that game, to James's point, is so important. Mm. And I think, I think what they're doing is that any games involving Sydney teams where they're the away side, whether Western Sydney or Sydney FC, those games where they're away from home are behind closed doors because obviously you don't want to give the home home team advantage to the other team. So I wouldn't be surprised, Adam, if it doesn't get any worse between now and the finals that they might play like finals games in front of crowds, but. I think you're right for the rest of the regular season. And the other thing Warren Moon said about just finishing second was really important. I think in his post-game interview, he said that he's been telling them players to aim higher on the table and not look not look lower. Don't worry about what's lower than you on the table. Just look up. And I think that's a really good mentality to take because, again, if you win your games and do your job, you will finish higher. So don't and, worry about teams below you. And I do have that quote on the uh, Brisbane Football Review Twitter account, Scott, that I believe you posted just before we started recording. Uh, Did I paraphrase it well? Via Fox Football, Warren Moon on the upcoming fixtures. I said to the boys we should be looking up the ladder, not down, and tonight's result gives us the confidence going into those two games. Look, I, I expect nothing left left from from Warren Moon to say that's that's uh, a philosophy and attitude that he's had. You know, when he was at Lions, so for him to say that as far as you know the Raw's chances go, that's that's no surprise at all. Yes, definitely. All right, so, um, yeah, next Wednesday night, obviously a whole lot could change between now and then, so we're not going to go into too much detail about the preview for next Wednesday night's match, other than we'll do some far too early predictions for that one. Scott, what do you think? Well, firstly, do Wellington play between now and then? They do, don't uh, they? Yeah, they of course, yeah. So, again, just like this game for the Raw, where they had days in hand on their opponent in terms of preparation, it'll be the same thing, I think. 
This will be a really, really good test. The Raw have been quite good in this calendar year. Did I think they did quite well against Wellington when they played at Suncorp earlier in the year as well. So this will be a really interesting game. I think I think they might get something. I don't know that it'll be the three-point chance. I think they'll get something out of the game. Adam? Look, I think it'll be a draw. Um, I look, I think Wellington are a very, very good team. They're, they're, um, so I think them more than anyone, I think, will be sort of enjoying hub life at the moment as... So caught, I think, you know, being and look, that that had a real sense and purpose that you know they want to get as high as they they can up the ladder. So look, but but I wouldn't discount the Royals' chance either. I think it's been two very progressive teams. I think that you know would have have finals sort of you know on the horizon, but also as well they'll be thinking of the, of the now. And I think you know next one's a night. I think it'll be a pretty good game, and it's also going to tell us a lot about both sides going into the finals. Definitely. All right, and before we sign off, uh, recapping this match, we should also say very well done to. Corey Brown making his 100th Brisbane Raw appearance mm. in tonight's match, and he had a perfect cross for the Matt Rydenton goal as well. He did a pretty good game, mate. So even defensively, he had a couple of really good clearances in the six-yard box, which were really important in that second half. So he had a really good game, and I think he's the 14th Brisbane Raw player to reach that milestone, James. And I don't think when he went to when he left to go to Melbourne Victory, I don't think many people thought he would come back, and when he did come back. I think people thought, oh, well, why is he coming back? But he's made a real difference on that left-hand side, James. He's added real balance to that left-hand side. Before that, you saw, saw a couple of players playing in that position who weren't natural left-sided wing-backs. But he's done really well in that position. Again, sol- consolidated that back five into being a really solid unit. Yeah, definitely. There were some uh, pretty vitriolic responses from uh, certain portions of the fan base Never. when he came back. But I'm uh, very glad to see that um, you know, Corey Brown is back and flourishing in orange and black. So it's good to see. And, you know, that 100 appearances for the Brisbane Raw obviously doesn't count his time with Melbourne victory and the appearances he made for them. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, look, and also just one thing, just to look at the other side of the um, the fence tonight with uh, Melbourne victory. Um, look, very, a lot of young players in that side, actually a lot of players that, um, that I know we've seen at the youth level. But the one uh, player I also want to highlight as well that's got on was uh, Sonia Shikawa, who last time we actually saw in person was being uh, was dragged off in about 35th minute um, in, in a 7-0 drubbing to... Um, to the, to the raw, so look. Um, obviously, he has he hasn't taken. There must there must have been something wrong, or he just didn't like. It was a stinking hot, humid day down down at Ipswich for that one. So, but look, congratulations to him. And look, I think Melbourne Victory they they've lost four on the on the bounce now. Their the results was not good, but you know what? They've got some talented young players coming through. Uh, Triple L, as I like to call him, um, as well. I think he he had a very serviceable game. So I think. While they may be struggling at the moment, I think that, you know, going forward, if they can keep a lot of those youngsters together, I think, you know, they'll, they'll be okay. Obviously, give me experience of, you know, you know next season. But, uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to point out the, uh, the Nishikawa point because that's, uh, yeah. No, but, you're right. He wasn't great that day out at the uh, Eric Evans Reserve out there in Ipswich. But, again, I don't think any of them were particularly good that day, Melbourne Victory. No. That might have been an aberration. They did make the Youth League Grand Final. I'm still not sure how mm. they did it after that big defeat on the opening day. But... You're right, Louis Louis Lawrence Latanzio was really, really good. Although he looks a really good player, I don't yeah. I don't remember him too much from the actual youth league game up here. I don't know if he played or he just didn't make an impact. No, he Obviously, didn't, no, he wasn't, didn't. wasn't the sort of game where a victory attack is going to do a great deal when the Roar were bombing four. But I didn't take much notice of him. But since he's come into the A League the last couple of games, he's been really impressive. He's got he's got that ability to dribble and take players on, and any player who's got that makes him dangerous. So he's he looks like the sort of player who Victory can have in their squad and 
essentially build around for upcoming seasons as they hope to rebuild in the next season. Definitely. There's... Yeah, I think... Um, also, I was just going to say about um, Louis uh, Laurie Latanza. He didn't actually play in that game at Ipswich, but it was the return match in... Um, down south where where the victory beat Raw there is where he made, well, I think he scored either a hat-trick or he scored a, a double, multiple goals, and that, that's what put him on the map, and he was, he was good from that. So, so yeah, so, but again, um, it's good to see that Melbourne Victory actually producing players from their own sort of catchment rather than buying others oh, don't from worry. others. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure they've got a, a hit list of the uh, Brisbane Raw set up at the moment. I'm, in fact, I'm fairly certain I saw one of their assistants talking to Darren Davies in the background of one of those Fox interviews post-match. So, you know, maybe, uh, well, we hope not because we like Darren Davies, but he could very well be looking for real estate down in Melbourne. He's a former uh, Melbourne Victory assistant, though, but just keep the Melbourne Victory <laughs> yeah. coaches and, his, and off-field staff out of the Brisbane Raw Hub and we should be fine for the next yes. couple of weeks. Just keep them away from any negotiation possibilities. Definitely. Okay, so this is normally where we would take a break, but because this is a Skype recording and I'm not quite sure how to do that cleanly, uh, we're going to move on to the second part of our two-part show, which is the uh, NPL NPL Women's and FQPL recap. Uh, and, of course, it wouldn't be the return of football in Queensland, or local football in Queensland, without a massive downpour on the weekend. It was only fitting that only a handful of matches still managed to go ahead, as it seems like the heavens decided to open up and wreak havoc with the first uh, round of local football in the in the about four months, Adam. Yeah, look, I think it, I think it's a case of you now. There's three certainties in this part. So, you know, death taxes and rain on opening weekend or reopening weekend because yeah, the uh, weather the weather sort of played havoc. And actually, you know what? It was actually good to see that we actually got a few games. Um, you know, played despite the rain. Yeah, well, I should also point out as well, I remember the original opening weekend of NPL in early February where I wound up having to call a moved pen power game against Magpies Crusaders, which took place at, I think it was Caboolture Sports Club yeah. or something. You were there. You should know where you went. Yeah. I know I went to Caboolture. That's about it. But it also anyway, rained uh, the year before, James, and the year before yeah. that, and probably the year before that as well. It, to Adam's go- point, there are three certainties, and that's one of them. But what I was going to say was the reason that was uh, the match that uh, I was commentating on is because that was the only match that went ahead. (laughs) But yes, anyway, so we've wound up uh, pretty much with a full round of action completed as of about 36 minutes ago. Um, We'll run you through the scores as well. Uh, Redlands United, Moreton Bay at a very wet compass grounds on Saturday evening. I think both sides probably okay with the point there, more so Redlands than Moreton Bay. Yeah, I, I definitely yeah. think so. I thought oh, Moreton Bay really struggled in that first half. For about 60 minutes, they looked like they were really struggling in their first competitive game back, James. I mean, Redlands were solid. I think they were a lot more solid than a lot of people thought they would be given the, the personnel that they've lost. People, I think a lot of people, including Adam last week, said Declan Smith hat-trick for this game, which obviously didn't turn out to be correct. But a lot of people thought they would struggle, but they did quite well. And Moreton Bay, to their eternal credit, kept fighting and, again... They've shown the ability to get a goal late, and that's a that's the sign of a good side that where it's not going your way, you keep persevering and get what could be a really valuable point on the road. 
Yeah, look, um, yeah, it just wasn't uh, Declan's night, I think. You know, look, I'll, I'll give credit to Redlands. They, um, again, as you said, as Scott said, it, they were um, very solid. I think they, they'll, they'll actually be, I reckon they'll be competitive um, under Jordan Manning. But look, I think uh, for Morton Bay, uh, I think Jackson Courtney Perkins, I think uh, he is going to be uh, critical to, uh, to Morton Bay's sort of, you know, chances because again he he stepped up and he was the one that took the initiative and scored that goal to, to equalize so i think he's gonna be very very important to that that side but look and then uh, i think on the match itself i think uh one all was a fair result all right we're gonna move on to uh Capalabar hosting olympic at a very wet john frederick sports fields uh saturday evening as well i did actually have a thought of going out to watch this match in person but instead decided to catch up on parts of it via npl tv the new website uh, being run by Football Queensland and Football New South Wales where you can catch every match of every senior competition live and on demand there's the plug I just got to get that over and done with and uh, cha-ching yeah. <laughs> if only there was a cha-ching moment on the end of that yeah I was going to say <laughs> yeah if only um, anyway Palabar nil Olympic 4 but that really wasn't reflective of the way this match unfolded it was a red card to Michael Weir on debut for Palabar which swung the match with about 20-odd minutes to play, and Olympic scored four goals after that. Yeah, for about 60 minutes in that game, Kapalabar didn't just look like they were the equal of They actually looked like they had the better chances, and if anyone was going to score, it kind of looked like it was going to be Kapalabar, but the game did swing on the red card. And look, you have to say it was 40 a clear... 40 minutes to play, my apologies. It, it, was a, it was a clear red card, James. There's no debating the fact it was a red card. It was a, a probably a sloppy challenge, a rusty challenge probably, because, again, it's a, it's a first game back these things can happen but from that moment Olympic showed their quality and they got the four goals and look it's a really important win for Olympic actually because they obviously were they dropped some points in the first part of the season James to size around them or that we expect to be around them on the ladder so they've got to pick up points and it's a really good result to get away from home in those take, conditions it's not easy to play take any points you, well, when you can get them right Adam? Yeah, look, and that's the thing. Is it, was, it was, again, it looks like a case of Kapalabar were, do, were doing well, they were staying with it, and then, yeah, sort of circumstances change, and they, they sh- uh, ship four goals. But Daniel Lex scoring a nice uh, double uh, in that in that sort of uh, barrage. I think it was like three goals in about 15 minutes that sort of put it beyond doubt. But look, Olympic, again, um, they're not at their best, but I still think they're, they're, they're ticking over the points. It's a win for them, and look, I think they'll be better, and I think... Also, as well, the, the conditions um, were not great, I think. And that's, that's one thing you've got to take away from it, is that um, it would have been a lot more miserable for 10-man Kapalabar than it would have been for a full-strength Olympic, you know, getting to the back end of that game. Especially on a Kapalabar pitch that does, obviously, have some issues being quite a low-lying field as well. So, obviously, mm. a lot of water would have accumulated there. But either way, uh, we're going to keep moving through. Strikers won, Sunshine Coast Wanderers won at Perry Park. Wanderers get their first point of the season. Strikers drop more points as well, and yeah, well, <laughs> lot to take in from that, isn't there, Scott? Yeah, this was a fascinating one, this. I thought Sunshine Coast, if anyone was going to win this game, I thought it was going to be the Wanderers. They looked incredibly strong at set pieces. The goal they did score came from one, but they could have had at least one or two more really good saves or clearances off the line. I thought that Sunshine Coast Wanderers have shown that since the restart, that, that this was a really good sign for them. We didn't see too much from them in the earlier games, but you have to, one thing I will say about them is in the nominally bigger games, they seem to lift because the game that James Uke were co-commentator for at Lions, the Football Foundation Shield game, for 60 minutes in that game, they were quite competitive as well before Lions got the better of them. So it seems to be against teams who are nominally bigger, bigger clubs 
they lift their game because I thought against strikers they were the better side. For the strikers, it's more of the same. They just are not taking their chances in the front third. If they took they took their chances, they could have won this game, but they're not taking them, and that's the area of improvement that they need to work on. Yeah, I think our strikers. Um, yeah, I'd be worried. I I, I, w- I would be worried. Um, it's only one or two wins, you know, and and they're sort of I think they'll be sort of you know out of that danger zone but until they sort of start accumulating points. Yeah, that uh, relegation battle is uh, I think it's them and Wanderers and uh, and yeah, uh, yeah. Again, conditions probably weren't great, uh, but yeah, I think both sides. It's it's going to be interesting to see uh, how how both sides you know when they start playing the top teams how they fare because if if Sunshine Coast are competitive as the 13th team, obviously we're going to be in, you know, it's going to be a case of, you know, any team can win on their day. Which will make for a fantastic uh, season as it unfolds. Okay, so we're going to stick with NPL. Those were the three matches that actually took place in their originally scheduled times. We had three matches postponed to midweek and they've all been completed now. Um, Adam, you're going to have to fill me in on Easts 2, Pen Power nil because I haven't actually seen a second of this game because I was otherwise occupied. Well, yeah, look, it's probably the uh, shock of the round so far. Um, like, we, I, I did, I, not without patting myself on the back, but we did, I did say that, you know, that it would be a tough game for Peninsula Power to go to Heath Park and uh, get points, and they've ended up going down 2-0. And, uh, look, East were very, very good. Uh, like I said, Abraham Yango scored a sensational goal, which, you know, if you can get on the replays or the, the highlights for on MPL.tv, Definitely worth seeing, or I'm sure it will feature in FQ's goal of the week. And also a late goal for Mitch Bird, who uh, put one over his former side. So, but potential power, they, look, it's a hard one to know where, where that at the moment. Obviously, no Andy Pangeli, who's their prize signing. Um, we heard that perhaps there's a, some issues with his transfer. Um, that's sort of, that's rumoured. Um, so, so, yeah, look, I think uh, they... Well, I still think they've got the side to do it. Uh, yeah, that was a very, very flat performance, a very concerning performance as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, firstly, Adam, you might as well pat yourself on the back because I just gave you a clip over the years about the Declan Smith hat-trick prediction you made. So take the, <laughs> take it where you can get them. But you're absolutely right about Abraham Yango. His goal was absolutely phenomenal. It's one of the goals of the season for me. It should be right there in the calculations for it. It won't be because it's not a 30-yard screamer. It's just a marvellous solo goal, but it was amazing. And his before he actually was the key player on the field. His performance was absolutely fantastic. He was the player who made life difficult for Peninsula Power. And you're right, they were off their game, Peninsula Power. They were not at the races. They just seemed to be slightly off their game across the board. It wasn't one particular player who had a poor game. It was just across the board. They didn't quite seem ready for the game. I don't know if it was not ready for the game, or just didn't seem to perform to the best of their capabilities. And you're certainly right, Mitch Bird did enjoy his goal late, didn't he? He did, and uh, that yes, and yes, James. Just because we had the, uh, we did see the other game that you were commentating, but we obviously were, On we're music, watching of the. Uh... <laughs> oh, good. So you didn't so, hear but, what I was but, saying. But yeah. You? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, look, uh, yeah, no, I could, look. I think East. I think that they they're a real surprise, but I think they're going to be very very solid. I think uh, if we didn't think if we didn't sort of think so, we were sort of murmuring in the preview that you know what the. Their, their pickups were, you know, puts them sort of in that mid-range. Look, I think they're going to be a handful for a lot of teams in this league, even even the top teams. Um, I think if you forget the form before where they, they drop points to Redlands or actually they lost to Redlands, actually. I think that, I don't think that's going to happen again. I think not with this side they've assembled. So they've, they've done well. But as you said, potential power. Look, they've got the players, but geez, that, 
that's a worrying performance last night. No Sam Cronin, no James. He was on the bench, so he might make a difference when he comes back. He's obviously a massively important player for them. Definitely. I will say as well with East, like obviously, I think, yeah, you're right. On their day, sky's the limit for them. They've got an ambitious squad, uh, what I think is a fairly confident uh, coaching staff there as well. And I think they're going to be a side to watch as well. It just all we haven't mentioned down. Jade North either. He He's going to make a huge oh, difference yes. for them. Yes. Uh, although, speaking of former A-League players, there were quite a few on show at Copley Family Sports mm-hmm. Park down at Talabudra last night as Gold Coast United beat Brisbane City in what was, look, without too much bias, I would say, in terms of on-the-pitch action, the game of the round, it was a fantastic end-to-end clash between two sides who were both obviously looking to make a run towards the finals this season. And, yeah, you'd have to think City will be disappointed and Gold Coast United will take all sorts of confidence from picking up all three points in that match, Scott. I will talk about it. First, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Because, no, you were there. It's easy. It's, you see a lot more when you're there. So what did you actually think of it? I, well, that pretty much is it. I think it's two sides that are more than capable of, if they continue to build on their performances uh, that we saw last night, they're certainly going to be in contention for the finals as well. They've got some very strong players on both teams as well. Um, the wingers on both teams, obviously, you've got Shannon Brady... Uh, and Sam Sibatuara for Brisbane City. And then you've also got Cian Cuba and Xander Guy, uh, who contributed... They're like, they were key for Gold Coast United as well. And you've got... I know it's strange to say, you know, with Shane Smeltz and Brandon Rees up front for Gold Coast United, you've got probably more firepower on the flanks at the moment, but that probably is also because you've got all these defenders that are, are trying to uh, calm the influence of a Shane Smeltz. But... Yeah, you talked about Yango's uh, goal of the season. There were, I would say, five top-quality finishes in this match as well. Obviously, uh, it was Sibituara who opened the scoring, uh, getting on the end of a well-placed Shannon Brady cross. It was a, He was showing the line, made the move, created a bit of space, and just dinked the ball in. Sibituara was there to finish it. Then uh, Cian Cuba, who for me was the man of the match, um, he uh, put in an inch-perfect delivery there for Junior Yabe to... Send it into halftime at 1-1. I'm just going through my notes now as well. That's fine. Keep going. It's good. It's good. Uh, yeah, five minutes after the break, seeing Cuba then. Inch perfect free kick with the right foot into the uh, near side bottom corner. Go and watch the replay of that. Uh, Gold Coast United have posted it on their Facebook page with commentary as well, which I played for my wife earlier tonight. And she said, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> Listening then, of course. That's good to hear. Yeah. Oh no, she she was at puppy school. It got me out of that. <laughs> but yeah, then um, obviously there was a penalty for Simmons from Brisbane City, and then finally Xander Guy had a fantastic solo run to um, well seal all three points. So look, a bunch of top quality goals there, and it was a really entertaining game as well. And both sides showed exactly why they have the ability to be dangerous this season, similar to Easts. Yeah, look, I. The first point you made is the one that I was going to make about both of these sides being potential final sides because they both look like they're in really solid shape at the moment. It's a Both sides have got a really good mix of experience and you look at Brisbane City, Matt Smith brings great experience, Jesse Rigby in midfield, I know they've lost Souls, I know, but there's other experienced players in that side. Sam Tuar has come back, he's a very experienced player. And they've got some really good youth. Alex Simmons is a really highly rated young attacking player at that club. I was pleased to see him get a start, I think he did quite well. I think we'll see more of him in that role in replacement of Slawsno. So they've got a really nice mix. So too to Gold Coast. I said it last week on the show. They're sneaking under a lot of people's radar here. They're a solid side. The additions that Sam Smith, um, Justin Mackay, Jason Campbell, Michael Thwaite, and now 
forget the last one, sorry. Oh, Shane Smeltz. Those five players have made a huge difference over the last 18 months at that club. They've now got a really nice blend of experience, along with some of the young guys they've got. You mentioned Brandon Reeves. He's been a really regular goal scorer. I thought Cyan Cuba, to your point, was also really, really Seeing good in this I game. I found out from his parents. Yes, he's a, he's yeah. a really good young player and a set-piece specialist as well, because that's not the first time they've had some assists or goals from set-pieces. So he's another really good young player. And I think both of those sides, if someone does slip up in that projected top four we always talk about, if someone does slip out, I could see Gold Coast United quite easily sliding into that top four and being a real handful. We've already seen, James, I've got points at home against Lions FC this season. So they're, they're, I think they're a really good side. Yeah, it's, it's a shame that you know, this, this MPL competition is only top four because you could certainly see that these, these two clubs and a couple of others as well um, probably deserve to be you know, playing sort of, you know, in finals football. Be that as it may, look, um, Sian Cuba, I'm, I'm, like I said, I wasn't shocked about the, um, about the free kick. He's, he's just a master at the free kick. He's probably, I actually rate, rate him as probably the best um, dead ball specialist in the MPL at the moment. So in, in terms of delivery, you know, he's, he's um, delivered some very, very important goals over the last two seasons. So it is a shame that his season last season you know, was cut short by injury. So it's good to see him back. Um, look, overall, I think um, I think actually the the experienced guys, the uh, Michael Michael Thwaite for uh, goal for Gold Coast, and also uh, Matt Smith for City. I think they also will also play big parts as well. Just that experience, that sort of being solid um, at the back. I think it's going to really sort of help both sides. So yeah, look, I think I don't know if they're in the top four yet, either team in finals. But yeah, look, if one team slips up. They're certainly going to be there. Definitely. And uh, I actually had a chance to speak to CN Cuba from a safe distance after the match. So I'll just play a couple of his answers uh, now. All right, please be joined on the Brisbane Football Review by CN Cuba. Score of a fantastic free kick in the win tonight. CN, congratulations. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. It was a good win. Tough game, but glad to be back. Yeah, it's really good to be back. I've been missing it for a while now since whatever COVID and stuff like that. So... It's been good to be back out there and, and, and get the win on the first game. Definitely. Brisbane City didn't make it uh, easy for you, though. They put you through your paces tonight. Yeah, no, Brisbane City have always been a strong side. Um, they're always physical. They, they press well and, and they know how to move the ball. So we just had to keep compact and um, work, on, work on more things in training. But usually we're pretty, we're pretty tight in there sort of thing. Yeah, and also, you know, speaking of training, I'm guessing you've spent a bit of time on those free kicks. Yeah, I'm always, I'm always practicing my free kicks, mate. I've, I've got to keep on top of them. If not, I don't score, and then, and then somebody else takes them. So. Yeah, do you have to tell Shane Smeltz off at all? Uh, a little bit, sometimes, you know. <laughs> In training, he wants to take them, but I say, no, it's mine. Yeah. No, it's, it's always good with him. Definitely. And uh, looking forward to the weekend, getting back into it? Next game? Next game? Yeah, no, next game is going to be a tough one again. It's, all, oh, it's always a tough one in here. But, um, no, we're looking forward to it, and we're, we're, we're strong off this win, so we're going to keep pushing. We're going to try and hope for the top four and, and hopefully win the, win the comp. Well, it's a pleasure watching you play tonight. Congratulations on the win, and best of luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, so uh, big thanks to CNQ before his time after the match. He was obviously in a very good mood after that free kick. Uh, and then tonight in the final match, we had a nil-all draw between Lions and Gold Coast Knights in a match between the defending premiers and the defending champions, and... We'll go through this quickly because, in all honesty, we kind of need to wrap this up soonish because my phone battery's dying. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a really good top of the table arm wrestle as the uh, wall, Great Walls of Richlands and Carrara 
held firm, Scott. They did hold firm, you're right. Look, this was... Obviously, I only saw bits and pieces of this game focusing on the A-League game, but from what I did see, it looked a high-quality game. Both sides seemed to have moments in the game where they could have they could have got the goal to get the three points, but to be fair, I think that both sides deserved a point, and this is what you expect between the top teams of any competition, and I thought it was a high-quality game, and I'm not surprised it was a high-quality game. I'm sure when they meet down at Carrara later in the season, it'll be a high-quality game again, and if they meet in the finals, James, it'll be high-quality again. These are two really good sides, and they cancel each other out, and it doesn't surprise me, because they're two, they are, I said, they're two really good sides. Lions were missing a lot of players. That's worth mentioning, James. They had, I think Andy Thompson was unavailable. They had a couple of other players unavailable as well. So they'll get stronger, but I thought that they were... I thought the young kids did quite well that they put in there. I thought Fletcher McDonald in the back line did quite well. So I Definitely. thought they, they showed they've got some good depth as well. And uh, also on that as well, so in commentary, Simon Hill and Simon Smell, who did a fantastic job calling the game from two different locations as well. Mm. Um, we, though uh, we had... Um, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm drawing a quick blank. Oh, yeah, so Sean Carlos apparently lost for the season with the ACL injury, which is a big loss. Andy Thompson should be right for next week, and Josh Brindle-South maybe a little bit uh, longer term with an injury. Just the one thing as well that we heard in commentary tonight, Simon Hill mentioned, was that uh, Marco Jankovic has signed with Lions. But apparently he's in quarantine at the moment. So he he he's apparently been signed as the replacement for uh, Danny Kim, who, as we mentioned before, probably will not be coming back. But again, like I said, we, like I said, this is this is rumored. Um, obviously, wait for Lions to make the official announcement. That's again, that's information we heard from the telecast tonight. Yes. All right. So uh, that'll wrap up this weekend of NPL Queensland. We'll quickly also go through NPL Women's and match of the round. There was the FQQAS defeating Mitchelton four three, and the young talent of the QAS shone through in this match. They did, and there's, again, talked about some great goals to show, and there were some really good finishes in that game as well when I was looking through the highlights. There's, it's a really good young FQQAS side, and they did they performed really well against a Mitchell side who we talked about last week could be a team who may push towards finals, but I thought FQQAS were really impressive, and again, it's a really good to see some young girls coming through in that competition. We've talked about in the past, James, with obviously the Matildas players leaving the W League, there's going to be opportunities, and I think that'll continue to be the case, and there's some, some certainly some players to put their hand up, James, for to enter the Raw squad next season. Definitely, Adam. Yeah, uh, yeah. Look, uh, I, I again, we will talk about in the preview that you know the the QAS girls were certainly capable of causing a couple of upsets. Uh, they've taken they've taken out a decent scout bar in Mitchelton. So so yeah, look, uh, a couple of you know, good young players. Look, uh, there's every chance that we may see them, especially with the way the W League squads are developing and a lot of the the experienced you know, international players. Probably are not going to be you know, in the W next season. There's a great opportunity for some of these, uh, not only as QA skills, but I think players across MPL W Queensland, I think uh, they'll have an opportunity to you know, maybe perhaps uh, get Jake Goodchip's attention. And um, I think uh, I think that a couple of these uh, younger players have really sort of you know, did a good job. Just yeah. trying to think of a couple of players' names, James. Georgia Thompson was one of them. Georgia Beaumont. Georgia Beaumont and Georgia, and Georgia Thompson, Beaumont. both those two young young ladies did really well. I think they both scored. I think they both scored two really really good goals. So they're two young players who've been a part of the junior national teams in the past. I wouldn't be surprised if they're both in that Brisbane Raw squad when the next W League season begins. Definitely okay. And a couple of results from tonight, which we won't really touch on too much because we haven't had the chance to watch them yet. In all honesty, uh, East two, South two. So entertaining draw at Heath Park, mm. and then uh, in the game that Adam has. Uh, named Hanno's Revenge Capalabar 9 <laughs> Morton Bay 2 
Well, he got his revenge, um, didn't he? Oh, yeah. And Yeah. Oh, look, uh, just one, one quick word on that. Like I said, Morton Bay scoring two goals. Um, look, look, um, look, I know it's a bit without being sounding flippant about it. Look, uh, they're, they're, they're rebuilding, but so I think actually they will actually take something away from at least you know scoring a couple of goals. Definitely. And uh, in the final catch-up match tomorrow night, or probably tonight as you're listening to this, considering the time on the clock, uh, Logan and the Gap will face off at Cornubia Park, 7.30pm tomorrow night. Pool, big game, that. Definitely. That was a game I was meant to be commentating originally on Sunday, but unfortunately the weather had other ideas for that. And Yeah. Um, quick run through the FQPL scores from the weekend as well. Southwest Queensland, 5, Souths, 2. Uh, Logan, 6, Southside Eagles, 2. Uh, that's setting up a fantastic top-of-the-table clash in FQPL uh, next weekend. Wow. Scott, you fancy a trip to Toowoomba for that one? Uh, if you're driving, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'll uh, take a jump this time. It is interesting. Thunder won by five goals, too, as you point out, but they still drop from first to second on the table on goal difference. How's your course. luck when that happens? That's uh, football. Particularly uh, when only one team goes up at the end of the year as well. Definitely. Uh, Mitchelton, two, Ooh. defeated Rochdale, two. That was a rescheduled match on last night. And also last night, Holland Park, two, Western Pride, one. And uh, we're still waiting on a official uh, update on Sunshine Coast Fire and Ipswich Knights. So that's your FQPL scores for the weekend. Cool. All right. Um, now, look, normally we talk about the news, but it's late. We don't have a whole lot of news to talk about. So I think that will be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. So thank you, Scott. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, thanks, boys. Let's, let's just hope that the situation up here means that we continue with football. Uh and that, 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 that we're actually, uh, we'll have a, uh, something to talk about next week. Uh, we'll, we'll find something to talk about. We'll find something, Adam. Don't worry about that. The A-League will still be going on either way, but hopefully it does, the NPL does continue. Yeah, definitely. And uh, there's a whole lot of great action across the three local competitions this weekend. So obviously with no A-League matches to get to physically, if you can, get out to your local ground, support your local clubs as well. That is very important at the time. Just remember to follow all the necessary practices. Yes, Scott? So I was just going to say for the Raw fans out there, the young Raw are back in action this weekend on Sunday afternoon at Peninsula Power. So if you are a Brisbane Raw fan and want to get a Raw fix, head up to AJ Kelly on Sunday afternoon because the young Raw will be in action. Yes. De- and also as well that the Super Classico on uh, Saturday night as well will probably be the other sort of game of the round. And uh, yeah, look, at, uh, to, to your point, James, look at some, some good football this weekend. So yeah, out there and support them. Definitely. Obviously, yeah. A lot of good football coming up. Um, We'll be back next week to talk about everything that's been going on uh, both here and down in the A-League hub in Sydney. In the meantime, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. We'll talk to you then.